0: Check, check. Check, one, two, check.
1: Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. How is everybody this morning? Looking good. Attitude check. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, that's a beautiful day today. We're glad that uh, glad the sun's shining, even if it is hidden behind the clouds from time to time. Notice we have some visitors uh, with us today. We'd like to welcome you, and uh, you're welcome anytime. All the time, right. God is good. All the time. All the time. God, is good. God is good. Do we have any birthdays this week? No birthdays. Anniversaries? No anniversaries. Okay, well, let's take a look at the uh, announcements. They're pretty well self explanatory in the bulletin. Uh, this Thursday is National Day of Prayer. And uh, normally we get together. Uh, at the gazebo there in the courtyard of Scottsburg, but uh, this year they're doing a virtual uh, ceremony. They just ask people to uh, um, it said you're still being encouraged to participate and to pray for America. That day pray for our local pastors, our community, our leaders, and our nation. And this year's theme for the the program is Lord pour out your love, life, and liberty. So uh, remember that on this Thursday, and uh, about 10 o'clock would be a good time, wouldn't it, Mitch? That's when they normally? 10, 12 o'clock. So 12, o'clock? Yeah. Okay. Meet at square 12 o'clock? Okay. Well, if you start praying at 10, you won't be late. There you go. If you pray
0: from 10 to 10, you'll be doing really good.
1: There you go. So let's, uh let's go to the Lord this morning in praise and worship. Turn to number 95, revive us again. Let's stand and sing.
2: Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again.
1: number 169, I need thee every hour.
2: Yes, we do. I, need I need thee every hour, O oh. oh, tu the...
1: Amen. Brother Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please?
0: I can do that. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we can't give you enough thanks and enough praise because every breath that we breathe is a gift from you. Yes. Lord, we are so thankful that we can gather here this morning, come together as your children, as your church, as a body of believers, to worship you, to praise you, to thank you, and to be in your presence together. Lord, bless us here this morning. Manifest your presence among us in such a way that every heart is changed. Lord, we do need you every moment of every hour. So bring your presence now and bless us that we can be a blessing. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is uh, number 263, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed. Ah, is there anyone who did not get a... Uh, Set of communion cups and wafers this morning. Fred, Panic, can you? Who needs one? Anybody need
0: one? You guys got one. Okay, we're good. We're good. They got one. one. I got
1: one. Okay. Our visitors, did did you get it? Got it? Good. Okay. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Meditation.
3: Yeah, John John wasn't feeling really well this morning, so so he uh, gave me the uh, honor was he to give a meditation. No, he was not, <laughs> unless you can transmit it through the phone. <laughs> meditation this morning is how often do you forget the really important things in life? We develop routines that seem to impact all of us. These routines fill our lives. The things we do are a lot of maintenance items. We often, we fill our lives with routines that satisfy the way we want to live. How often do you let God into your routines? On a daily basis? Do we pray? Do we read his word? God has a plan for each and every one of us. If we start out each and every day seeking what he wants us to do, we will find our true purpose in life. So often we go through life doing things that satisfy us. We often forget a kind word or a deed with people that are hurting or are in need of help. We get caught up in our routines. I I often think of Saul when, uh, when he fell on the road to Damascus when he was blinded by the light. Actually, Saul ended up persecuting Christians. He didn't believe that Jesus was a Christ until something woke him up. God blinded him. God changed his thinking and his life. Even his name was changed to Paul. He became one of the greatest apostles for our faith. He brought hope to the Gentiles that they could be saved. Do we need to be woke up like Saul was? How would we react? Would we throw a pity party? Or would we simply go into depression and seek doctors to write prescriptions for some drug to ease our pain, mm-hmm. or even worse, would we go to drugs or alcohol to relieve our pain? Mm-hmm. Paul Paul's heart was changed. We need to take Paul's story to heart. Amen. We can do, do all the routine stuff as long as we don't forget and practice the really important things in life. Starting with prayer, reading God's word, and practicing what Jesus did while he was here on earth. Love one another and keep his commandments. Be a blessing to someone today. Don't forget the real important things in life. My niece uh, wrote this. She puts a log in uh, on a computer. I don't know, maybe about every day or every few days. But her name is Jennifer Whitaker. And she really comes up with some, uh, some good things. Amen. Have you opened your Bible today? It's uh, about time to get, get that Bible out, friends. Read the Word before you start your day. And take time to listen to what God is speaking to you. If you do, you will find God speaking exactly what you need for the day ahead. Amen. And all those times we failed to read the word in the morning, we may never know how many times we've missed out on important instructions. But rather than beat ourselves up over past failures, look forward, seek the Lord in His Word and prayer before you start each and every day. There you will find He imparts to you the wisdom and strength you need in whatever, for whatever your day is going to bring. Amen. One of the really important things we do as followers of Christ is to remember his death and resurrection. We take the bread as a symbol of his body and the cup as a symbol of his blood in remembrance of his sacrifice for our sins, that he took our sins and forgave us. We have true hope in a better life than we can ever imagine. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Our heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We come around this table to celebrate your death, and your resurrection, that we might live forever with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered around the table eating the Passover meal, Jesus took bread, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat of it, all of you. Likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, Jesus took it, and giving thanks, passed it among them, saying this, is the new testimony in my blood, poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me, until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Stand for the Doxology.
2: Praise God from whom all
1: Let's turn to uh, number 297 and continue to praise the Lord. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul.
2: Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend He met the need of my heart Shadows dispelling with joy I am telling He made all the darkness depart Heaven came down and glory filled my soul When at the cross the Savior made me whole Day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Born of the Spirit with life from above Into God's family divine Justified fully through Calvary's love, Oh, what a standing is mine And the transaction so quickly was made when as a sinner I came, took the offer of grace. He did broker. He saved me. I oh, praise His dear name. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole.
3: The reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter twenty-two, verses thirty-four through forty, and it's uh, labeled the Great Commandment. Hearing that Jesus was silenced, had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Good Good morning. Isn't it
0: great to be in the house of the Lord? Wow. Well. Anybody besides me feel like you're a foreigner in a strange land these days? We have a home up there somewhere. This is just a holding place for us immigrants. (laughs) Oh, man, I, I just can't wait till we get to heaven. This greatest commandment. You know... As I was reading and studying this this week, I thought, what reason do people have to love God that way? Because basically what he's saying is when he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, he's saying love God with all that you have, with all that you are, with your very core of your being. Now, why would we love God that way? Yes, he loved us first. You think about this. We all have earthly parents. And our parents, you know, they weren't perfect, like God is. (laughs) But they did the best they could to, to show us what life's about, and how to live. Now, I understand some parents uh, don't do that, but for the most part, most parents do. And the Bible says that we are to love them and to honor them with our lives because by doing so, our lives will be extended. I think that there's a principle there for us to learn. God is saying, if you can learn to live your earthly parents, who aren't perfect, and accept them and honor the principles they taught you, unless or until you learn that what they taught you was different than what God says, (laughs) then you can learn to love and trust him and honor him with our lives. But the opposite is also true. If we can't love our earthly parents, then it would make it harder for us to love and honor him with our lives. But unlike our earthly parents, Jesus died for us. You think about what it means to be saved. We are completely changed from the inside out. When, we're, when we truly believe in Christ as our Lord and our Savior, when we truly accept that when he died on the cross, he wasn't just doing that so he could make a name for himself or so that uh, the, the dates on the calendar could change from... You know, A.D. to, uh, B.C. to A.D. But yet that he did that for you and for me. He did that for us, for our sins. When we accept that Jesus died on the cross because of my sin. Because I sinned. Not because the world sins, but because I I'm a sinner because I sinned. He died and he nailed my sins to his cross. And he washed my sins with his blood. And he changed me from the inside out. Before I became a Christian, before I put my faith in it, I didn't care what you thought. I didn't care about you. All I cared about was me. I didn't care about him either. I just cared about me, and that was all that mattered to me was me. And my life proved it. I've shared with you all before, I was hard to get along with. I went out looking for a fight. I would say rude things to people just to get them riled up and try to pick a fight. When I was using drugs, when I was abusing alcohol, when I was chasing after women, when I was doing all of those things, I was acting out who I was in my heart at the time, a rebel against a holy God. Amen? Amen. And then one day, like Paul on the road to Damascus, I met Jesus, and he changed me. He changed me. From the inside out, I began to change the way that I thought about other people. Well, I didn't change it. He did. He changed the way that I thought about other people. He changed the way that I felt about other people's feelings, He made me have a concern for other people. He made me to want to help others instead of hurt them. He put within me a desire to love because he changed my heart so that I could receive his love. And before that, I didn't really know what love was. I didn't. I didn't really understand what love was. Because you see, the Bible tells us God is love. That's his very nature. That's the very core of who he is. God is love. And without God, people don't really love. They have concern and compassion for one another. But they don't really have love because they don't know what love is until you know God. Because God is love. Is love. And so when God changes us from the inside out, then we begin to have a reason to love Him back. And when we realize, when we truly realize what He went through for me, for my sins, because He was beaten because of the things that I did, because of the things I said. He was nailed to that cross because of me. Because of my sin. Not because of yours, but because of mine. He died for yours too. But the reason why I love him and try to love him the way this says is because I know what he went through so I didn't have to. And what I would have suffered in hell, burning for all of eternity. Folks, we have a reason to love our God. He loves us infinitely. When he was addressing these people, you remember I, we we went through this. He had already been... Uh, attacked by the Pharisees before and put them in their place. He had been attacked by the Sadducees and he put them in their place. And now then the the Pharisees have come back and this doctor in the law asked this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? You see, they thought surely this time he won't have an answer for that. Because the way he talks, there isn't one command that's greater than all the others. They all matter. So what did he do? (laughs) He combines them all into two. He combines them all into these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You know, that first one is a lot easier than the second one. It's easy to love somebody that's perfect, isn't it? Although sometimes he gets on our nerves too when he's right and we're wrong. (laughs) You know, I learned the hard way that you never win an argument with God. He's always right and I'm always wrong. I argued with him for 18 years over going into the ministry. 18 years. And finally it was like he was sitting on my chest or had his foot on my chest and I couldn't breathe anymore. I was under such heavy conviction that I just literally knew that if I didn't submit to God at that moment, I was going to die and go into eternity. And I said, Lord, if it's that important, okay. I'll try it, but I ain't qualified. I'll give you what you need when you need it. And I thought, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, I've learned. (laughs) And he always gives us what we need when we need it. Amen. Amen. Always. He's never let me down, and I know he's never let you down. But can we say the same Even though we let him down on a regular basis, he still never lets us down. Look at this second commandment to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know, I used to be offended when people would talk about loving yourself. I thought that was so stupid. Why would you love yourself? I'm not narcissistic. <laughs> well, I've learned there is such a thing as self-love. I don't want to hurt myself, do you? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to die a terrible death, do you? I'm willing to if I have to, but I don't want to. Jesus didn't want to. He prayed in the garden. God, if there's any way, take this cup from me. But if not, let your will be done. Why? Because we love ourselves. We don't want to have to suffer. We don't want to have to go without food. We don't want to have to go without clothing. We don't want to have to go without a place to live. We don't want to have to do without all of these things. And more often than not, in America, we don't want to have to do without a car, a nice car, a nice house, uh, you know, and we got to have all these things on the sides our atv's our motorcycles and you know and, and you know the thing that's crazy is i meet people all the time who have a wonderful home nice vehicles a television in every room in their house food galore and they talk about how poor they are. I wish I could have. I wish. That's materialism, folks. I'm sorry. That's materialism, and I'm guilty. Okay? I'm guilty just like everybody else. I want, I want, I want. But then there comes that same prayer Jesus prayed Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done the scripture says be content with such as you have not with such as you could have or such as you want to have but be content with what you have i want to ask a question here and i'm going to ask you to raise your hands how many of you thank god every time you take a breath Okay, we got a couple. How many of you thank God every time you get a glass of water? Cup of coffee? A biscuit. (laughs) That got that got a couple people excited back there. (laughs) You have gravy on those? (laughs) My point is made, right? We have so much to be thankful for, and yet we focus on all the things that we would rather have instead of being thankful for the things we do have. That's a trick of the devil, folks. That's a trick of the devil. He's saying, don't look here and be grateful. Look over here and wish. And the implication in that statement is, God doesn't really love you or you would have all that plus this. Same lie he told in the garden. Same lie he told in the garden. You could be like God. You could be in charge of your own destiny. You could have everything you wanted. Anything and everything you wanted. You could become like God. Well, I don't want to be like God, but I do want to be like Jesus, okay? There's a difference. Jesus is God, but Jesus was also here on the earth as a man who died for our sins. He was the one who showed us how to love. He's the one who showed us all of the right ways to live, all of the right things that we should do and have and be. So I want to be like him, but I don't want to be God. I don't want to be my own God. I don't want to be in charge of my own destiny because I would mess it up. But God don't. God's the only one who can do this and do it right. So we have to hand it over to him. I have to take it out of my hands, out of my control, and hand it over to him and say, Here, Jesus. This is me. This is my life. I am nothing and I have nothing, but I give all this nothing to you so you can make something from this nothing because that's what God is an expert at. He takes nothing and makes something. Amen. Amen. Do you want to have a life where God's in control and where he is transforming your life from nothing to something, or would you rather be in control yourself And always have and be nothing. That's really the question, isn't it? We have to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart. Well, why wouldn't we? He changed it. With all of our mind. Why wouldn't we? He changed it. He transformed our minds by the renewing through his word. And with all of our strength. Why wouldn't we? Before he came into my life, I had no strength. I could do nothing on my own. In fact, without him, I am nothing. But with him, all things are possible. All things. Even loving your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I got some neighbors that aren't real friendly. Imagine that. Uh, I got some neighbors that have an allergy to the name of Jesus. But we're working on it. I keep giving them little injections. (laughs) I'm inoculating them with Jesus. Little by little, we're getting there. Amen. You know, that's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. We introduce people to Jesus by loving them the way that he loves us. Showing the love of God to them. And that means sharing what we have. Not just who we are and not just our wisdom and our wit. But it means we share. If you see a neighbor that's without food, you should be taking them something. If you see a neighbor that's down with sickness and needs help, you should be there to help. I should be there to help. Mow their yard, whatever they need. When we see somebody that is without, and we have more than enough, and everybody in here does, I can just about guarantee it. I've got, a, I've got a closet that's so full of clothes, I have to move stuff over just to put my clothes in there that I wear. And I'm ashamed to say that. But you know what? I'm fixing to fix that. I know a place where there's some people who could probably benefit from that stuff, and it's going to go to them. You don't want me up here. No, I can't even picture that Nor should you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you got me thinking something else. <laughs> Let's just say glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Cuz you don't have to see that. <laughs> <Same here. laughs> Think about loving your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> Jim don't love me like that. <laughs> You think about loving your neighbors yourself, though. We don't want to be in pain. We don't want to hurt. So when we see someone who is, we should reach out and pray for them. We may not be able to take their pain away, but we know one who can. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we should touch them and pray for them, or at least pray for them whether we touch them or not. Just ask God to touch them. When we see somebody... Like I said, that's without, I mean, have you ever on a cold day been going down the road and you look over and there's somebody in shorts and short sleeve shirt and they're freezing, but they're going on. And my first thought, unfortunately, usually is look at that idiot. And then God says, they don't have anything else. They're doing the best they can with what they got. And then my heart breaks. I'm the idiot, right? I'm the idiot because I judged without any evidence of any kind. Am I the only one guilty here? And you know, when we see that, we should offer to help. Because, like I said, all of us probably have an abundance of clothes in our closet. And I tell you what, when it's cold, even clothes that are too big are better than none. <laughs> and a blanket goes a long way, it can wrap around anybody, even me, believe it or not. <laughs> Loving our neighbors ourselves is is a hard thing. It's a real hard thing because, you know, there's this thing called pride. And this other thing called selfishness. And neither one of those things came from God. Imagine that. Neither one of them came from God. Loving our neighbors ourselves sometimes means. That even when we disagree with the way they live, with the things they say, with the way they dress, with the way they act, we have to love them anyway. That's where our pride has to be swallowed and our selfishness has to go away because God loves them. And let me ask you a question, church. How does God love other people? What's his preferred method usually of loving other people? Anybody? Through us, us, thank you. Through the church. We are his hands and his feet to the world. When people look at us, they see Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. With that thought in mind, when people look at us, as Jesus, do we attract them to him? Or do we make them say, Boy, I don't want no part of that? Something about it, isn't it? If we really love them as we love ourselves, they should be attracted to Jesus. And even more than that, we should love them as Jesus loves us. And that means, like I said, even though we don't agree with them, we love them anyway. And they may never change. They may never agree with us. But one thing they can't say ever if we do that, number one, no one ever told me about Jesus. They can't say that in judgment. No one. They can never say nobody ever loved me and told me Jesus loved me. They can never say that because of what we did or allowed Jesus to do through us. Now, the other side of that is they're standing before God. And I'm standing on the other side. And they're saying, he never told me. I used to be his neighbor. I used to see him all the time. He never told me about you. He never acted like you act. So, where are we, church? Where are we? As his representatives, his ambassadors on earth, when people look to us, what do they think about Jesus? That's our question for today. Think about that. And then, if you need to repent, do it as we sing. Brother Bob. Our
1: invitation again this morning is uh, number 371, Reach Out to Jesus. Let's stand and sing.
2: You bear it all alone. Does the road you travel harbor danger yet? Un- You? Is the life you're living filled with sorrow and despair? Does the future press you with its worry and its care? Are you tired and friendless? Have you almost lost your way? To Him today He is always there Hearing every prayer Faithful and true Walking by our side In His love we hide All the day through When you get discouraged Just remember what to do Three.
1: good Okay, we appreciate it. Have a seat.